0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts. I'm JC. I'm Brian. Nathan. There we are. Hey, have y'all checked out J Radio yet? J Radio is a music online digital platform that will have artists from all kinds of Christian, inspirational people like Mercy Me, Chris Tomlin, Toby Mack, Matthew West, for King & Country, Newsboys, Brian's favorite, Amy Grant. They got casting crowns on there. (laughs) This is a great opportunity, especially right now during quarantine, that you can go on and listen to these playlists. And uh, they have an app for Apple or Androids. Who has an Android? you have an Android, (laughs) Nate? Nope nope i don't know who has an android but if you do you can get the app today it's j radio and uh, what an incredible opportunity to listen to some great music while you have a lot of free time you guys ready to get the show started
1: absolutely let's get started let's go
2: In three You know
1: what makes women stupid is college Jesus was not a bartender back Two You have lost your mind long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches And you know that Say amen right there One
0: Let me tell you something, Bozo They'll be seven Frosties in hell for this
1: boy who Puts on a pair of pink underwear hey, Amen I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age
2: All right, everybody, welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Three pastors in two states, three different places in quarantine, just like you feeling the effects of the coronavirus. Guys, I'm not only feeling the effects by being in quarantine to some degree and having to pick up everything curbside, but I'm feeling the effects in my stomach. Man, my belt is getting tighter and tighter (laughs) every day. Anybody
0: else living through this? I haven't put yeah, jeans I'm, on in a long time. I'm in sweatpants. It's great.
1: <laughs> I'm in jeans and mine are definitely getting a little bit tighter. That background is incredible, JC. I wish everybody could see that.
0: We can't do this seriously if you're going to leave Sammy Allen up there. <laughs> oh, but, I love Zoom and I have been figuring this out because all of our meetings, all of our online small groups are on Zoom. And so I figured out you can do a virtual background. I thought Sammy Allen would be a perfect one for this meeting
2: yeah you know sometimes it's better if people just don't figure things out (laughs)
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) but my wife is an amazing cook I don't know about you guys I know JC you were smoking a brisket today
0: Yeah, this is my second brisket. Just got a brand new smoker, and this one's a lot better.
1: We could start a club called My Wife Can Cook Better Than Yours, and we could be the president, vice president, and CEO of it. Oh, dude, I'm a walking
0: billboard for how good my wife cooks. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, my wife the other night was
2: talking to Carrie, and Carrie was putting dinner on the table. And what was on my table that night and what was on your table makes everybody else's Thanksgiving look sad.
1: Yeah. It's been amazing. And she's cooking like that every day, sometimes two and three times a day. It has been awesome.
0: Let me ask you a question since we're not really working a lot. Well, Brian, you're still going to the office at the church. Nate, you're at the church right now. I haven't left my house. And, I mean, we've done three, like, hope, what we call hope, food drops here. But I'm not working a lot. I literally have turned this garage into my studio into my office and so i got to the point where i was like i don't need three meals a day because i ain't burning no calories i mean i had to get up and like <laughs> walk around the neighborhood for 10 minutes as my commute if you will just to come yeah. sit in the garage and so we i just started about three days ago i started skipping breakfast and eating a light lunch and then saving room for dinner because i i ain't burning any calories i'm just sitting in the garage sweating
2: <laughs> well see you've got me confused what does being hungry have to do with eating Like I eat whether I'm hungry or not, you know, it's just, all you've got to do is offer food and I'm in.
0: Well, I think it's pretty funny when millennials figured out what fasting was. Now they call it intermittent fasting. Forget the praying. We're just going to intermittent fasting and just lose weight on it. So that's what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, We did curbside tonight. I want to give a big shout out to Olive Garden. My wife went and picked up salads and everything, man, huge spread. It was amazing. She used her birthday gift cards for us to eat wow. this huge dinner from Olive Garden and I. And, it, man, I love their salad. It's, it's amazing.
0: I haven't done Olive Garden yet, but we've done Pick Up twice. We did Farm to Fork here in Ringgold. And they have oh, yeah. the best brisket pizza that you'll ever taste. It's fire. Oh, man, it's good. And then we just got a, a new Panda Express. Dude, I've eaten Ooh, Panda Express. I love a Panda times. Express. You, that orange chicken with a little bit of teriyaki chicken on the side and an egg roll. Mm, hallelujah. oh yeah
1: this is going to be called our food episode we you tell we've all been in quarantine (laughs) we haven't been talking
0: about food for the last 10 minutes
2: (laughs) well I think we need to move on uh do you guys agree that quarantine's lasting longer than everybody thought it would
0: I think so
1: absolutely
0: I think I think the thing that's making it so awkward is there's we don't know when it's going to end like we don't know when quarantine is going to end so we're just kind of sitting here like Okay, this is another day. Like I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day. Every day's the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over again.
2: Yeah, Virginia announced the longest deadline in the country. They have us right now waiting until I think June the 11th. I think that was the announcement by For the. government. what? I'm not really sure.
0: June the 11th. June That's the a 11th. Long time.
2: You know, I think President Trump was being optimistic, but. Man, has he proved that he's definitely not infinite or all knowing? But when he announced that, you know, let's, let's just, oh, I, I shouldn't have said that. Should I? That, some people are going to get offended. I, I hate to bust everybody's bubble. He doesn't know everything, but he, um,
0: <laughs> you know, here comes he, the emails. <laughs> yeah. He
2: announced 15 days and then we were getting close to the end of that. And I said to my wife, I said, he has definitely missed this. It is nowhere near being over.
0: I don't think we'll be back to normal for a while. I don't know what normal is going to look like again. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, some new norms that are that are set into place there. And my question on that is kind of what do you guys, I mean, we're pastors and we have pastors that listen to this. We got guys that are, you know, in churches, ladies that work in ministry. Uh, what, what do you think the impact on churches are going to be as a result of COVID-19?
1: We've seen a lot of things that are changing. Obviously we, we, can't meet together now, but there there are things beyond that. We've got people that uh, are having surgeries, can't go to the hospitals. We can't visit uh, the sick. We can't visit the elderly. We've got people that we've, I think we've all started some sort of food ministry or expanded our food and benevolence ministry and reaching out. So I I feel like it's affecting every area of, of music, ministry, Uh, service in the community. None of us were expecting this. Like you said, it's going a lot longer than we expected, but I'm really proud of how the churches in our area, our church, and what I've seen from you guys, how the church is responding to this.
2: Well, you know, we actually had a lady who's a part of our congregation. Her son last week passed away unexpectedly. He was in his early 60s. He was in great, seemingly great health, and he passed away unexpectedly. And check this out here they are going through the grieving process, and we can't visit. And the family was talking to me, they weren't able to have flowers for the funeral. So they felt like he didn't receive what he deserved. There could only be 10 of them, including the funeral home employees around the tent outdoors. And so even close family members weren't even able to be by the graveside service. I felt so heartbroken through that. Our food ministry took a great meal to them, but it felt cold because we had to place the meal on the front porch so that they could come out and get it. And then, you know, family members had to kind of cycle through and eat the food that was available. How sad is that?
0: Yeah, I think, I think there's new norms that are being put in place just like that. I mean, Nate, you just mentioned that pastoral care. I mean, that's our heart is to minister to people like that during times of loss. And, you know, during this time right now, we you simply can't do it. I think there's other challenges that, are, that we're facing, like preaching to an empty room. I mean, no doubt, giving. That is, is brutal. I, I just did that again today. Yeah. Preaching an
2: Easter message with zero people and zero reaction. It yeah. is so awkward. It, I mean, it's just so awkward. But there's also positive impact that's happening on the church. Oh, yeah. You know, Greg Laurie just announced that you know, 1.3 million people just watched their live stream last week. And over 12,000 people acknowledged that they had received Jesus as Savior. That is amazing.
0: I mean, I think this Easter, we're thinking, you know, what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. We hear that verse going around. But I really believe the gospel is going to be heard this Easter more than any Easter maybe in the history of mankind. Because there's so many people. I mean, I I, I can watch 14, 15 church services online on any given Sunday, and then go back and watch it on demand. And think about the the social media revival, if you will, that takes place every weekend. I mean, Brian, you're on. Nate, you're on. Our church is on. Every church right now, pretty much, and all of you that are listening, in some form or fashion, you're streaming your services. And I I just think the gospel is going to continue to advance forward like we've never seen before.
2: Yeah, we've been having um over over 5,000 views a week and you know that's been really encouraging and then we've had people from other countries watching, people that we would never get inside of our building. And so that is very very encouraging. So I think there's good things happening. You know, people are stepping up and serving. This is really odd for the last couple of weeks, our giving has actually been up from what it normally is. Our family is seeing us out and about and serving people and ministering to people. And I think it's encouraging.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, are having to approach this, and we're having to as pastors, and not just as pastors, but also as as church members, as uh, people that are working in children's ministry and in the band and different things, we're having to approach this with a, with a hey, we didn't choose this attitude, but we want to make the best of it. But the the thing I really want to bring up is that imagine if we did not have the internet during this time.
2: Oh, wow. What would
1: this look like?
2: Wow. What would it look like? You know, because- In my
1: mind, it's probably like everybody. It runs to Netflix and staying in touch with family. When I was out of the country, FaceTiming with my kids and different things like that. But ministry-wise, man, this is a time where we have tools that we can use that the world has never had the type of tools that we have to engage our communities.
2: Yeah, and those tools right now are, man, are they ever a blessing? All those people who used to preach against the internet and now they're having to warm up to it. You know, the guys who used to, you know, rip people's faces off for having a Facebook account and now they're begging for people to watch them on Facebook
0: Live. Yeah. That's I saw enjoyable. a tweet the other day. I saw a tweet the other day that said, praying for all the pastors that are trying to make their life feed not look like an Osama bin Laden video. <laughs> I mean, my my question is on that, on that thought. You know the church is advancing forward. we're using social media, we're using the internet. What would it look like if the internet goes down?
2: Well, yeah. I think first of all, there has to be an understanding, a right understanding of the fact that the building, a specific location, is not the church, yeah, and years ago, that was literally a spiritual awakening in my life because you know I always preached, you know you need to be at the house of God when we're at the house of God, God moves in his house and Man, yeah. I preached all that and it was so wrong. I think having, first of all, right understanding that the location, the building is not the church, that the people are the church. And, you know, JC, I really think we would have to be willing to be more outside of the box. For example, um, we're talking about uh, over this next week about three of us driving different cars. By the way, I saw a guy yesterday in his car with the windows rolled up with a mask on. That's taking it to another level, man. When you're afraid that you're going to give coronavirus to yourself, <laughs> that's what you call fear. But we're actually talking about taking an acoustic guitar and and going to some of the older members uh, who are a part of our family. Yeah. Just standing out in the front yard, singing a couple of songs, reading a Bible verse, and just saying, "Hey, we love you." That doesn't yeah. involve the internet.
0: I think that's some of the new norms that are going to be in place is, I mean, there, there's going to be some things that are happening now that are going to be normal as we move forward, I believe. I mean, one of the ways that we're doing pastoral care, just to be able to get a, vis, uh, a visual contact with my church folks, we're, we've made yard signs that say Stronger Together, and we've made this, this website StrongerTogether.us or .us, and you know, we're going to go put those in people's yards and pray for them and so you know we said hey we're gonna be here on at this time we're gonna call you we'd love for y'all to come out on the front porch we'll stay at our social distancing and just pray for you while we put a yard uh, a sign in your yard there that's a simple way one of the things we did we had a local uh, pizza place here in, in Ringgold, and uh, we went and bought 79 pizzas and delivered them to three neighborhoods right here and just said, hey, this is no April Fool's joke. Dinner's on us. We want to serve you a pizza. Stuck one of our online brochures down in the box there and you know, just gave folks pizza. I think what it is right now, what we call them here at Rockbridge is big, hairy, audacious ideas. Like We're, we're throwing noodles against the wall every, it, we're, we're trying to put a plane together while flying midair. So I don't think there's any bad ideas. We've had a bunch of really bad ideas, but you know, I even <laughs> reached out today on our group page said, Hey, we got some creative people. This is where the church is not just the pastor. It's all of us coming together to be the church. What's some ideas that you have And then I'm reading through this list. Some folks are like, Hey, let's put bird houses together and take them and put them outside the windows of folks at retirement homes that's a thought that I never had before. That's a, that's a reach. Um, We're doing blood drives. You know, there's just opportunities. I think that we've got to think outside of the four walls where people come to us. And I was on a conference call earlier today on zoom with a bunch of pastors from all over the country. And one guy said this, he said, for so long we've had this mentality of they come to us, they come to our church, they come to our services. But now this is really where we as shepherds are going to them. We're reaching out to them. If we see something on their social media, take that step, reach out to them. And so I think it's just an opportunity right now to create some new norms that even when life does get back to quote unquote normal, it's going to look different.
2: Well, I've always said, you know, if you don't smell like sheep, you're not a shepherd. And, you know, so often we've made it possible now for guys to hide in their offices and they come out from a backstage and a green room and they make their grand appearance and then they disappear back in there again. And, um, I think, you know, shepherds need to be connected to the sheep. You know, there's a couple of simple things we've done, uh, guys. We actually called the local bread company here, bought a bunch of loaves of bread, and just delivered fresh bread to people's houses because finding that around here is almost like finding gold nuggets. Hmm. And then another thing we're doing right now, a fireman yesterday who's a full-time fireman, this is what he said. He said, right now, the medical community and first responders, they're getting all of the attention. And he said, we signed up for this. This is our job. We get paid great money for it. He said, the people who didn't sign up for it are the, are the young adults and the people who work at the grocery store. They're being overwhelmed. And so today, we called all of the grocery stores right around our physical location, found out how, much, how many employees each of them had. We're doing a gift bag for every employee that has like a Starbucks gift card in it, some candy and some different things. And we're just going to go to the grocery stores and pass those out to the employees and say, hey, we appreciate what you're doing for our community. Because let's be honest, if they didn't stock the shelves, we think it's bad now. Imagine how bad it would be.
0: That's great. That's awesome ideas.
1: Yeah, I think we're all realizing as pastors that uh, it's not going to be easy. We've all had to make adjustments. And by the way, as the song says, nobody said it would be easy, but- I think it's been healthy for us to make these adjustments. And one of the marks of the IFB, the Independent Fundamental Church, is that they don't want to, to progress, progress is a bad word, with modern methodologies. And yeah. we've all had this conversation before, but everything we're having to do now really takes the, the weight out of this argument that the culture is bad, that... uh the television is bad. That the internet's bad. I believe the, the TV, the the internet. These are neutral things that p- can be used for good or for bad. Amen. And Amen. and we in this day, especially such a time as this, we're having to choose to step into uncharted territory. But we we started doing that years ago. We acknowledged that God was the one that gave us technology, gave us minds, gave us advancements, allowed these things to happen. So why not use them for God's glory? Going all the way back to the use of the organs and pianos and stringed instruments and things that people were fighting against. It's it's always been a fight in the church against progress. But when we talk about cultural engagement, stepping out of our box and engaging our culture, this is something that we've all been trying to do for years. We've been accused. And, uh, mocked for trying to do that. But now it's interesting that like JC said, everybody's having to do that or you're not doing anything unless you're one of these guys that's still having trying to have church and going against government guidelines, which is a whole conversation we need to have. And that's happening.
2: You know, I heard a guy the other day, uh, on IFB preacher clips, he was actually mocking churches that serve in the community. And he was talking like, you know, that doing good things for your community It's, you know, it's a joke, man. He was just ridiculing that how sad, you know, I can remember growing up in the independent fundamental movement and I really don't remember going out and ever serving the community. I don't remember ever having serving opportunities. I thought missions was, you know, they pass the plate around and you put a little money in it. So the guy who's called to do that with 14 kids can go somewhere to another country and, and do that. You know, that's what I thought missions was.
0: Or Saturday yeah, or morning we knocking that, on doors.
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. In, interrupting people in breakfast or, or family dinner, knocking on their doors, trying to uh, basically, and, and I'm not totally against knocking on people's doors, but if that's the only cultural engagement that you have, there's, there's a problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think
1: there's a tendency right now
0: with some, Brian, I've been watching some clips on Twitter also. There's some guys where insecurity is really coming to the surface. Like, you know, I think COVID-19 is really bringing out some insecurities in them. It's being exposed. You said this a minute ago, but like there's a guy on, on uh, IFP preacher clips that's like, hey, don't listen to anything else but your pastor. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to anybody because <laughs> I am your authority. I tell you what's right. I tell you what's wrong. I mean, that that's an insecure human being.
1: There's a lot of pastors with uh, a great stress on them, and uh, you need to listen to your pastor. And listen, don't get on that internet and listen to other people unless you know, if they've preached in this pulpit, listen to them. But don't listen to somebody who's who's spouting off some kind of biblical prophecy, and uh, next thing you know, you're mid-trib or you're post-trib, and uh, next thing you know, uh, you know, uh, Israel's no longer the children, of uh, uh, God's chosen people, the church is, and. Man, I mean, don't get on that stuff. You stay uh, harnessed uh, in in strong doctrine and right teaching uh, from your pastor. And uh, when you have a problem, when you have an issue, uh, don't think that you can't have a conference call. You can.
2: Well, you remember I said in the last episode that one of the core strongholds of fundamentalism is isolation. Yeah.
0: They Mm -hmm. they preach
2: separation for a reason. It's, It's if you can keep people isolated and ignorant, then you can keep them loyal. And so what you have to do is preach that everyone else is bad and everyone else is wrong. And, um, I think it was Bob Gray senior. It may have been that I heard this week in a clip saying, you know, now that you're home, don't you watch any of those other preachers on the internet? Don't you listen to any of those other men like you're at home. And so you're going to think it's okay to do that but you need to stay loyal to your pastor. And you know, what's wrong about that. It's, it's almost, it's against the apostolic role that Paul played in the new Testament, because you know, those local groups had people caring for them on the local level, but yet Paul with great authority spoke God's word over them. And I think the idea that there's one person who has a word for you. And if you listen to anyone else other than him, I mean, once you get to that point, you might as well buy a little spot in a foreign country and all drink Kool-Aid.
1: That's the next step, right? Yeah, it is.
2: (laughs) I think keeping people separated is, is a tactic. I think it's a tool.
1: Yeah, I understand the insecurity. I've had multiple people tell me in the past few weeks, that, hey, uh, I watched Tony Evans' service today, and then i watched yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry you had to do that. Man. You should have just stopped with Tony Evans because I'm not trying to compete with that. I've had people tell me, hey, I watched David Jeremiah's service. I watched your service. And I'm like, well, I feel very honored that I'm even being watched in the same time slot as him. But, yeah, it, it would be easy for us as pastors to make it all about us, especially if we have a narrative that can get blown to pieces by watching another pastor that truly loves Jesus is truly teaching the Bible. And you've been telling everybody that everyone that's not an independent fundamental Baptist,
0: yeah.
1: even going as far as saying an independent fundamental Baptist who stands in my pulpit, who I allow to speak in my pulpit and me, those are the only ones you're allowed to listen to.
2: Right. You know, Hey, I had a statewide Southern Baptist guy. He called me this past week. We had this hilarious phone conversation. He told me, he said, man, this COVID virus is horrible. And I said, what's wrong? He said, well, for years, all these guys who are horrible preachers have been hidden in their buildings. And so people wouldn't know. And so they would go visit. Now they're all doing Facebook live videos and everybody knows how bad they preach. Nobody's ever attending there anymore. So I, I do agree. Guys have come out of the woodworks and I have to confess, and I don't even think mine's great. So I can say this. I've watched some, I want to call the person up and say, you know, did you watch and listen to this before you posted it? Like, did you ever have a thought that maybe you should,
0: you should have just directed people to listen to someone else? I can't <laughs> stop. It's, it's the best TV. Like it's terrible. I mean, just going through <laughs> Facebook and just watching, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is terrible. I was going to ask
1: you guys as pastors, how many live streams you're watching every week? Because I'm, I'm watching dozens. At like least 20. I want to see, and I'm not watching the full service, but I'm watching skipping through it and watching bits and pieces and some of them are great and like you said some of them are horrible and we all probably fall somewhere in between that spectrum.
0: I think during this time and and I'll just be honest this is a struggle even with this podcast like I mean we're not on our fancy mics you know we don't have you know the the studio we're in quarantine I'm in a garage Nate you're in your church Brian you're sitting on some kind of weird couch I mean you know like we're we're, (laughs) we're not able to even do this at a professional level if you will and I think during this time where everybody's on the same playing field that, you know, instead of trying to make it – I've watched a couple guys this week that were trying to make their service something that they're just not – I'm like, man, set a, set a phone up and just talk to them. Just be real, be open, be honest, be transparent with how you're doing during this instead of trying to match a live feed that you watch from a church that's not you.
1: Yeah, I watched a, uh, I read an article today by Kerry, what is it, Neewolf? Or I don't know how to say it. Neewolf, there you go. Yeah, I, I read an article by him about trying to help guys uh, be better in front of a camera when they're not used to it. And I really only remember one recommendation that he gave which was incredible he said look being real being authentic is more powerful than anything else it resonates with people more than anything else so just be who you are use the tools you you have whether it's a full production studio or it's just a a little camera set up on a, a tripod or someone's holding it for you use what you have but be real don't try to be fake don't try to come off as polished just be who you are be real and i think that's what this world is looking for more than anything else.
2: You know, the positive thing this virus could do, it could accelerate this generation's desire for the real, because we all know some big name guys, and their services are so rehearsed, it's obvious. And they have prepared a certain dish for a certain community of people. You know, I've, I've, had them, I've heard them called seeker-friendly churches, and I don't know how you have a church for a group of people who don't exist, because the Bible says there's none who seeks after God. But, um, you know, these guys, they put, they put on the right show and the right performance. And, you know, you can say a lot about this generation, and I know there's a lot of pastors and, and preachers in the independent fundamental movement who, who really just crush this generation, ignoring the sins of the past generation. But This generation really has a hunger for the real, yeah. and this could accelerate that.
1: Absolutely.
0: So what about... The fundamentalists that are rejecting the distance order that's been put in place.
2: I think they need to realize how close they are to Kenneth Copeland. (laughs) You know, you've got Kenneth Copeland up in front of a room.
0: I'm sorry, he looks possessed, man.
2: He is. He's blowing on the coronavirus. (laughs) How do people not realize how fake he is? Because he blew on it and it's still going and people are still (laughs) dying. Like, you know, if you're dumb enough to send your money to Kenneth Copeland, you deserve not to have it and he deserves to have it. I've been hearing some of these guys so arrogantly say, you know, we will be meeting and we, we will not stop. And we are going to be running our buses. I know this guy named Bill Reeves um, out in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're still running their buses.
1: Hey everyone. Don't usually do this, but I wanted to jump on here real quick and leave a testimony of praise. Um, The first thing I wanted to say was just thanking God for the great service that we had this morning. Our church buses went into town like normal to pick up kids for church and Um, Although our attendance is definitely down because of the crisis, uh, we still even had a visitor on one of the bus routes. So, uh, of course, giving all the praise and the glory to God for that. But uh, that was pretty neat to see. And we had to change a few things up because of the regulations and the guidelines that were set by our governor this past week in the state of Nebraska. But we did our best to follow the rules, and we still were able to run our church buses. So, praising the Lord for that. Actually, I did hear that every single church in North Platte, it it was closed today, except for our church.
2: The government will not defy them. And then I heard another guy actually call the government stupid. You know, I bet he'll cash that uh, check he's going to get. But he's calling <laughs> what the about the guy that got stupid. arrested?
0: Rodney Howard Brown, is that his name? You know, he said, We have we have things put in place that kill viruses as soon as somebody sneezes and you know, we're going to do this. And then he had a warrant for his arrest the next day. You know, I think there's a fine line to walk there between government and church and arresting him for having church and all that, that we're not going to get into on this one. But I mean, Brian, you were telling us the other night about the German Baptists. Was it in Pennsylvania?
2: No, it's actually uh, outside of Roanoke. Um, they oh, yeah. ignored um, our governor part of, I guess their identity as a group is that they are opposed to the government's authority. And so they chose to meet, and unknowingly to them, some certain members of their congregation had COVID, it spread rampantly because of how close their community is. And now certain shopping centers and even building supply chains aren't allowing German Baptists who, by the way, look a lot like Mennonites, so they you can identify them by their dress. They're not even allowing them to come in and shop because they know that, that COVID now is run, running rampant in that community because they ignored
0: what the governor said. You know, and nobody wants to be around it because they met. I mean, they're, they're like, hey, we're still going to do this. I think it would be a great opportunity. But now look at all of them that have it, you know. It's incredible.
1: I think –
0: go ahead, Nate.
1: I was going to say, I wonder how the healing ministry and the healing rooms and, and things are going around the country, doesn't, doesn't Bethel have some of those set up?
0: Well, they
2: shut those down. (laughs) Hey, how funny was it that Bethel put out a statement? Our healing rooms will be closed due to COVID-19. Oh,
1: my gosh. When you need it more than any other time, it's shut down.
0: You can't make that up. That's unbelievable. Hey, we're going to release an interview that I did uh, with a guy by the name of Kyle Abernathy. Uh, Kyle actually was at a church event. Uh, Kyle and his wife were at a church event in early March, and both of them tested positive for the coronavirus. His wife was on the verge of death. I mean, breaths away. And now they're both, you know, God has healed them. And they talked about the power of prayer. But I mean, he is adamant about like, hey, take this seriously. You know, I mean, the government's putting these things in place for a purpose that we don't want to put people in a certain proximity to each other. Because until this is gone, you know, we need to, we need to have that social distancing in place. And so I'm interested for y'all to hear his story of somebody that's lived through it. Here they are on the other side of this now.
2: What about the guys who are trying to make this like it's an attack on the church, like, you know, the government's coming hard on hard against the church. And then some guys are trying to spin that into some type of prophecy teaching or message. And, um, you know, I'm really kind of disturbed by that because, you know, they're also closing down uh, dining rooms and bars, and then I heard uh, someone this past week, they actually said this is the first day since Roe v. Wade that babies haven't been aborted in Texas. And so, you know, these guys who are trying to make this as if it's an attack on the church, how are they ignoring maybe some of the positive ways that God is using this?
1: Yeah, I think it ties in just to the whole conspiracy theory mentality that people are wanting to come up with conspiracies either to sound smart or to they they just don't trust the government. And I wonder what they do with Romans chapter 13, which tells us that God instituted the government. And obviously, Paul was writing that at a time when the Roman government was corrupt and persecuting Christians and killing Christians, yet he's still telling us that all authority is set up by God and we need to trust it. So I think some people are just leaning into that because they're scared. Some of them are wanting to attract an audience. There's a guy I won't name on Facebook that I read an article today. He claims to be an inspirational author and speaker, and he had this huge, long post about how this was basically the end of the world and how all of our freedoms are gone and how this is an attack. And I'm just like, how is that inspirational? It's just everybody (laughs) wants to have something that is some kind of conspiracy theory to – you know act like maybe if they accidentally get it right they'll look like some sort of prophet.
2: if you if you read an inspirational article and need xanax
1: that's a bad sign
2: (laughs) like you are missing the mark man you know i think even growing up in fundamentalism it's always an us against them it's an us against the world you know and i heard all those messages you know for example a lot of guys when they preach in fundamentalist churches and i won't I won't, I won't call the name Tony, but, um, you know, I was hearing a clip (laughs) recently and it's basically, you know, man, the world is against our message and, and the world. And he's talking about the world as if the world is listening while he's preaching to a little group of people in a little church building somewhere on a little side road somewhere, you know, I think the idea that the whole world is focused on fundamentalism because man, we have to, we have to get rid of them because look at the difference they're making in the world. Yeah. I think mm. it's almost a self-obsession. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's sad. I don't feel like the world's against us. I feel like the world's against Jesus. And Jesus said, Hey, you're not better than me. If they hated yeah. me, they're going to hate you. So yeah. it's not like this virus is suddenly the world against us. No, the world's always been, been against the cause of Christ and always will be against the cause of Christ and those who are part of the cause of Christ.
1: Yeah, I think we all agree that it, it's foolish to ignore some of these regulations. I, I don't like it. I wish we could get things back to, I don't know if they'll ever get back to complete normal anytime soon, but it's foolish to ignore these things. We've got people in our communities, we've got people in our churches that are, are high risk, that are, that are at risk, and really yeah. anyone, the young couple that you interviewed, uh, they weren't very old, and yet they, you know, it almost killed her. And uh, I've got multiple friends. We all know people who are being affected by this. But mm-hmm. I was talking to someone the other day, and, and this whole conversation uh, about someone that I love and respect, refusing to shut down, and I'm intentionally not naming them. But uh, I understand their feelings behind this. But honestly, they're at risk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about, I live in a county in Dade County, Georgia which is as far north and west as you can go in Georgia, right before you get to Tennessee, right beside Alabama, and there's mountains on both sides, and uh, we have people that live on each of the mountains. If there was eight, nine inches, actually half an inch in Georgia, but if there's eight inches of snow tomorrow morning, w- the schools would cancel if everything was normal. The schools would cancel, churches would cancel, because it's dangerous for people to be out in those yes, conditions. Right. So what we're experiencing is, is, is a dangerous situation health condition and to try to protect our people doesn't mean we're liberals. It doesn't mean that we're scared of the government. It just means that we're trying to be careful, trying to be safe, trying to use all of the information that we have at our disposal and make the best decisions for our people. And I respect pastors that have to make those decisions, but I honestly see the ones that are choosing to just completely ignore this across the board as, as being reckless and, and foolish.
2: Well, you know, this past week, sadly, um, pastor friend of my dad, his wife died from COVID-19. I think, you know, to ignore it and to act as if, you know, we're going to defy this, it doesn't make you more spiritual. I think that's what they're thinking. You know, look at us, we're meeting, we're not like all those other cowards and compromisers. It doesn't make you look more spiritual. Um, it makes you look uncaring and ignorant, you know, because I have people, in our family that I don't want to die.
0: Yeah. I think bottom line, what we come down to is we encourage those of you that are taking this opportunity to figure out new avenues that keep going. You know, you the message of the gospel is marching on.
1: Speaking of that, what are you guys doing for Easter? This is a, this is a huge, it's a disappointing time for pastors. Obviously Easter is a big deal <laughs> for us, for our churches, for our ministries. So how are you guys reaching out at Easter? Are there some ideas you've heard or what things you're trying?
2: So, you know, we're sticking to online. I know some people are doing uh, drive-in church. Our parking lot is about five acres. And, you know, certain sections of it is behind other buildings. And we just can't logistically make that happen. We are doing our, our Good Friday service. That's typically our biggest service of the whole year. And so what we did was we went to a different location. We did that in like a cool warehouse and uh, we'll be doing communion with people. We're sending out notifications to our family, uh, you know, at Hope, telling them, make sure that, you know, you have communion supplies. Uh, by the way, I told somebody, you know, if you have grape juice or cranberry juice, and when I said cranberry juice, they went, oh. <laughs> you know, i had committed the unpardonable sin, something other than Welch's. By the way, I can't explain this, but when I go buy communion supplies, I can't use store brand grape juice. I have to it's buy gotta Wilches. Wilches. it's gotta be like, I feel like I've sinned against God You're but recovering the Good Friday service. <laughs> and so those are the things we're doing.
0: Yeah. We're kind of doing the same thing. We're starting ours on Wednesday. Um, our worship pastor is doing a, in living room worship set, kind of like a, uh, just right there in his living room. He's going to do an Easter worship set followed by me doing a Easter devotional. That's going to be on Facebook live. Um, where folks can tune in. We're going to be doing that through Zoom. Uh, When is that are. It's going to happen today on Wednesday. And so we're going to be doing that um, Wednesday night at 6.30 is when the worship will start. And then I'm doing the devotion at 9 o'clock. Eastern time, and uh, so that's going to happen. Then on Friday, we're doing a Good Friday type service, but ours is going to be more of like a prayer walkthrough. It's going to be a all automated kind of thing online, where you can log on, kind of walk through the stations of the cross, prayer time, have communion, things you can do with your family. And then Sunday, we have you know all the services online again. Then on Tuesday, um, this is a free one. I didn't even tell y'all about this. Uh, we're going to be doing a Zoom call live for anybody that wants to jump on, we'll, we'll put it on the uh, Facebook page. Um, this is going to be an opportunity for you to come in. A guy that's going to be on the podcast here in a few weeks, his name's Jeremy Maxfield. He's written a book called Leveling Church, Leveling the Church. And he's going to be talking about opportunities that we as pastors have that we can extend hope and reach folks during this time of crisis during this time of quarantine Jeremy's going to be on uh, the podcast here in a few weeks as we're going to be interviewing him but Tuesday at seven o'clock we're going to be doing a zoom call live and everybody that's listening we encourage you to jump on ask some questions he's got a, a website that they've design called Church with tons and tons of ideas, free resources for you uh, to use. And so that's kind of our Easter weekend in a whole. What are you doing, Nate?
1: We're doing the same thing. We're all online. We're walking through some things with Holy Week, different days this week. We're going to be joining in with uh, the Hope Church uh, Good Friday service.
0: Yeah, and something I'm pretty excited about on Sunday morning I've got a big screen TV, a sound system that we're going to wheel out in front of my house. And all of our neighbors are going to be coming out, sitting in their driveways, in their yards. Uh, we got a couple golf carts that are going to pull up. We'll stay distance, far apart, but we're going to blare church through the neighborhood on Sunday morning. So it's going to be a very unique, and then a helicopter is going to fly over and drop Easter eggs. So I can't wait for that. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not happening. Go ahead, Brian. Nathan, can I thank
2: you for one thing? You know, uh, I'm, I so appreciate the way you teach the word and you know even online or in the pulpit in a room filled with people or by yourself i really appreciate that that you show us that it's about the scripture and that the power is in the scripture i greatly appreciate that because as i've been looking at the live stream and i know you were gone and which is awesome because other elders have been raised up there and and they're following that and being faithful to the scripture that's really been encouraging to me because you know, I think during a time like this, it's really easy to want to run with the next best idea, and you try to come up with a catchy phrase and then maybe work some scripture around it. Thank you for the way you taught the scripture, and um, I just really appreciate it and respect it.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I, I believe in it. It's what changed my life. I saw all the, all the gimmicks. I experienced all the gimmicks growing up, Independent Fundamental Baptist, and all the emotionalism and all the 48-verse altar calls. And that was the short ones. And uh, (laughs) that that didn't change my life. What changed my life was the scripture and the power of the Holy Spirit piercing my heart. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. And any time that I have conversations with people that have walked away from church, and I know there are some that are listening to us now, I always try to take them back to scripture. And I always try to point them to Christ. I always say, hey, I know, and people are going to laugh because I've told them this. I always say, I know what you think about the church. I think many of the same things. I've experienced it. But what do you think about Christ? I know what you think about the Christians, but what do you think about Christ? He, what do you find lacking in Christ? He is our Savior. You can yes. not have a lot of faith in the church and yet come to faith in Christ and then Learn how to view the church through the lens of grace, which is what we have to do because nobody's perfect. No church is perfect, yeah. and no pastor is perfect, by the way, which I know that would surprise a lot of people that are, <laughs> that are st- stuck in a, a place where a pastor is exalted to basically one half step below the Trinity. And sometimes he kind of edges up into the, the, the little triangle there, but not, <laughs> no pastors are perfect and we need to be pointing our people to Scripture. And I'm all for creativity. I'm all for keeping people's attention, and I, I hope that we do a good job with that. But, uh, man, I, it's the gospel is what is the power of God to salvation.
0: And I think what you find there is when you're living in a time like we are, when everything is stripped away, the truth of the gospel, the truth of Scripture is the thing that will never return void. Absolutely. And, Nathan,
2: can I, just, can I just ask you one thing? So my yep. understanding that you just said John MacArthur is not perfect.
1: He, you know what? He's not. <laughs> I, I love John MacArthur. He's, Johnny Mac has had a big, uh, ooh, I know a bunch of people just shuddered right there. But Johnny Mac has had a, a big influence in my life and I, I appreciate him and his ministry. But yeah, he's, he's not part of the Trinity, fellas.
2: Wow, well, mm-hmm. a lot of people just got really let down. That'll yeah.
1: change your life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: By the way, did you see where he was doing the uh, Q&A a while back, and he was doing the one-word answers? He could only respond with one word, and so he's up there standing behind the pulpit. I don't know if he's standing behind it or holding on to it, but he's up there behind it, and uh, someone says, Stephen Furtick, and John MacArthur
0: said, unqualified. Like that was his, his one-word answer. Yeah. I said, man. Oh, man. Hey, let me throw a curveball at you guys. If you had to describe your life right now in a TV show or a movie – what would it be?
1: Well, you already stole Groundhog Day. That's a, that's a pretty good. That's, that's a, pretty a good, good one. That's a good one. But yeah. as
0: we close, a TV show
2: or a movie. What would it be? Okay, I'm going to go back to where we started. I would be in the movie. What about Bob? Because I'm a little bit crazy. But at the dinner table every night, I'm going, mm, mm, <laughs> is this homemade? Mm, mm. Is this corn hand shucked? Mm, 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 mm. I, I mean, so, never seen so that movie. You've never seen what about what Bob? What about
1: Bob is awesome. I just no, look. Watch look it tonight, dude. You
2: you need to baby step toward that movie. I just uh, I just lost a lot of confidence in you, JC. Like, yeah.
0: sorry, I but, was reading my Bible when that came out.
2: Yeah, so I'm a little bit. <laughs> so I'm a little I bit allowed crazy. Allowed to watch movies. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little bit crazy, and I'm enjoying dinner time. That's good. Hey, there's an
1: old 1970s movie. There's actually three or four movies it was old 1970s i was born in
2: 1970
1: yeah that's old that's old man (laughs) so old 1970s movie called the wilderness family i think it's disney and it's about this family that moves out to alaska somewhere and they live in the middle of the wilderness and it's it's, it's ironic that i actually introduced my kids to these movies uh back maybe six or eight months ago but i kind of feel like i'm stuck in that they're living up in the mountains all by themselves it's it's just them day after day after day living in the wilderness. And that's me and my family now. We're we're together and I actually love it. That is one of the great blessings. We're sitting around campfires, going on evening walks, doing things that I honestly haven't done a whole lot of. And so JC, I know you're seeing a whole lot of your family and and wife yeah. and kids. And I that's I, I feel like I'm maybe in the wilderness family right now.
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your same theme, but I'm gonna go with a soap opera, All My Children. Um, Because (laughs) (laughs) I've been hearing them. I I love, and I'm sitting out here in the garage, and I'm just praying that y'all can't hear them bleeding through the walls or upstairs. I thought they were going to come through the roof a minute ago. I mean, they are just. There's eight of us in this house, and a dog that won't stop barking, and I. I told my wife, I said, you are blinking too loud earlier today. I mean, we are like, we're at that point, man, where I'm like, I got to get out. Like, I'm, I'm going to pick up running. I, if, normally, if I'm running, you need to get in front of me or call the cops. But I think I'm going to start running just so I can have something to do. Because I love we, them to death. But my gosh, this is day 27. And we are just like, Whoa! we're really close. Wow.
2: Well, you know, I only watch Alaska shows, you know, like Life Below Zero, Gold Rush, Mountain Men. Wait, and- you're not
0: watching Tiger King?
2: Port protection. I don't have time for that.
0: <laughs> Joe Exotic, so, come on.
2: <laughs> so I only watch, I only watch um, like Alaska type shows and outdoor, you know, type shows, survival stuff. And my wife always tells me like, that's the dumbest thing. Why do you only watch that? Why do you watch that all the time? So I told her the other day, Hey, the guy living in a little cabin in the middle of Alaska, he doesn't look so dumb now because he doesn't yeah, know the mm-hmm. economy's tanked. He doesn't know anything about COVID he's trapping. And you know, eating groundhog or whatever he's catching for that day and he's he's about his normal routine man those
0: guys are almost invincible that one lady on life below zero she scares me though she is the one that
2: runs the airport yeah but what about her pet fox you gotta
0: admit that's cool
1: (laughs) that is pretty cool i
0: guess that is pretty cool
1: david crowder has a pet fox kenny rogers does
0: he really (laughs) yeah i know i saw him put it on the
1: stage last time i saw him Dust White Fox, and he takes oh, it every, every show he does. He, he has it with him. He has it on a lot of his Facebook Lives and things too. That's crazy. Cool.
0: Well, speaking of David Crowder, we want to thank one of our sponsors, J Radio. These guys are absolutely incredible. They're a digital music platform, and they are our sole sponsors of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. And we love these guys um, and all the work that they're doing there. You can find them on your iPhone uh, or your android by going to your app store it's j radio you can look them up online jradio.com.
1: how cool would it be if we had about 30 or 40 or 200 or 600 downloads this week just from the recovering fundamentalist podcast you guys go download that app and enjoy yes. it yes that yes. would be
0: incredible. And leave them a leave them a review and let them know that the Recovering Fundamentalist sent you. That would be absolutely incredible. While you're there, like, share, and give us a review on iTunes, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. And uh, we're excited. Guys, this has been fun. It's good to see your faces while we are sitting in quarantine and can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, man. I've loved it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We'll see you back here next time.